Is this the Owens residence? I'm Mr. Belvedere. Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere, a Mr. Belvedere podcast. Well, today we're kicking off season four with a Mr. Belvedere themed episode. This is season four, episode five, entitled Moonlighting, not the TV show. <laughs> this episode aired on November 27th, 1987. At a fast food restaurant, Mr. Belvedere meets an insufferable girl much like Wesley, <laughs> who's not a girl, <laughs> sorry, and realizes that her family needs him just as much as the Owens family does. But soon the Owens family begin to see less and less of Mr. Belvedere, and eventually an all-out war between families over who gets to keep him occurs. This is bullshit, because Mr. Belvedere is employed by the Owens family. He has been employed there for at least four seasons. And the little girl, you'll recognize if you've watched the show Small Wonder, she is the annoying, love-struck Harriet, I can't remember what her last name is, but she was in love with Jamie. This episode's got an 8.4 out of 10 rating based on 16 ratings on IMDb. This episode was directed by Garen Keith, writer's Frank Dungan, and five other people. Oh, there's some connections here. Let's see. The Gumby Show. Mr. Belvedere mentions the adventures of Gumby. Mary Poppins. Brenda sarcastically calls Mr. Belvedere Mary Poppins. And if you're wondering, yes, Brenda is part of that other family that Belvedere decides to butler for as well. I'm like, oh. So, uh, before I get into this episode, I actually have been kind of thinking here, and, um, I know I've basically just been doing, like, one character episode per season, and I'm kind of thinking, because I'm going to be completely honest, I got my episodes picked for season five and six. Season 5 and 6 are a complete shit show. I don't know what they're right. There must be a whole different staff of writers on the show because, I, and it's in syndication at that point. And I'm just thinking, I kind of want to, I mean, I'm going to stick with season 4, what I'm doing here, but I really would like to go back and just pick some other episodes from like season 2 season three and others of season four so that way I mean you guys will get more Mr. Belvedere just maybe I'm not going to guarantee once a week because I am finishing up with um the Wonder Years and in no next month Silver Spoons that podcast is going to be going to twice a week so I can wrap up season one towards the end of December and start season two in January, and then, of course, Growing Pains is going to take over the Wonder Years, as far as that is going to be the primary podcast since Wonder Years is coming to an end in December. Um, but I can do next, you know, next year in January, I should be able to get some more Mr. Belvedere episodes out. Um, American Dreams will be here and there when I get the chance, so... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm seeing, like, some of these other episodes. It's like, yeah, yeah, I could touch on some of these. That would be kind of fun. 
All right, so we jump into the cold open, where the setting is a restaurant. Mr. Belvedere is probably waiting to pick up dinner for the Owens family. And he comes upon a mother and a little girl waiting for their food. Oh, he's, oh, Belvedere's there with Wesley. Okay. I'm going to play this clip because this will be f interesting. wants to get a hamburger before he goes to the movies. He and Wes are going to go see Jaws. And Mr. Belvedere is like, hey, just go get the tickets. Alright? It'll just take a second and I'll be done here. And he says to Wesley, and no pickpocketing. And Wesley turns around and he's like, well then you better give me some money. Are you serious, Wes? You are literally going to pickpocket? Oh my god. But Wesley goes off to get the tickets. This must be, like, in the mall then, because the theater is within walking distance of this restaurant. But the restaurant is actually sectioned off like it's an actual, like, restaurant just by itself. It's not like in a food court or anything. Which, usually in a mall, you have a plethora of options. But this restaurant that Belvedere's trying to get a hamburger from has got every type of anything you want, they got. They got burgers. They got fish. They got chicken. They got Mexican food. They got it all under one roof. So you don't got to go to Mickey D's, Taco Bell, KFC, or any of that. You can get it all in one place. So, this lady and this little girl are in front of Mr. Belvedere, and the mother's like, oh, do you want a hamburger and a chocolate shake? The girl's like, no, I don't want that. I want sushi. It's like, sushi? Really? You're nine years old. You want sushi? Oh, well, I guess. Kids like sushi, right? I even never was into that. But then again, I never really had options growing up to have that either. Usually if I went out, it was either to McDonald's, once in a great while I'd go to KFC. And what's kind of funny about that is Jeremy likes original recipe, but I love extra crispy chicken. And the mother's like, oh, well, how about some chicken? She's like, no, I don't want to be here. And 
Also, the mother suggests fish. Like, it's kind of like sushi. She, and the girl's like, no, it's not. And Belvedere's like, order your hamburger or your buns are going to be on the grill. As in, I will kill you. Let's go. And the girl just is shocked that this stranger would be so forthright and commanding. So she turns around. Attitude's gone. She's all sweet now. Like, oh, can I get a hamburger and a chocolate shake? And the mother just looks at Mr. Belvedere and all, like, oh my goodness, this man just changed my child into a sweet, polite little girl when she was a monster five seconds ago. And then, of course, it cuts to the intro. So the girl who plays... <laughs> she actually plays Brenda in this episode. And she played... What is Harriet's last name? Harriet Brindle. Okay. So she played Harriet on Small Wonder from 1985 to 89. This episode is currently in 1987. So it's in between this time. Oh, she's been in... Okay, so... She was in an episode of the TV show called Hotel. Then she was in this episode of Mr. Belvedere as Brenda Bilinski. She was in Troop Beverly Hills as Tiffany Honigan. I gotta check that movie out because Amy Foster from Punky Brewster's in that. Night and Day. Don't know what that show is about, but she played in that one. She played in one of my favorite episodes of Elf towards the last season. Um, she played, she doesn't even have a name. She's just girl. She's a girl who, her dad is a mechanic, and they're coming to get these free kittens. And she says something about wanting, like, an expensive cat. And the girl, uh, she's kind of a hoity-toity. Like, she, like, speaks French and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, you must forgive my father. He works with his hands. And I'm like, you bitch. Um, Caddy Woodlawn. I'm guessing this was a movie. Man, her hair is red. Her hair is really red. Um, The Wonder Year. She played Susan in season three called Faith. Oh, okay, yeah, she was a girl when they were doing the obituaries. Okay, she played Anna in ABC After School Specials, season 18, whoa. Um, a 16-year-old student is convinced his upcoming date with the school prom queen will be the perfect date. However, it turns out to be anything but the perfect date. Why? What happens? Um, other than that, she was Ruby Mae Morrison in the show Christy that had Kelly Martin. On the TV show in 95. And then after that, she pretty much just kind of disappeared into obscurity. She really, she didn't do anything. She probably, you know, maybe got married and started a fa She's like 40 now. She was born in 77. So, she yeah. She, maybe she just, she met a nice guy, had some kids, decided to do something, maybe work behind the scenes. I don't know. But anyway, enough about her, Emily Schulman. Let's move on with this episode. This opening is, like, exactly what season three was. It's There's really nothing different. So, now we're in the kitchen, and Wesley is attaching some wires and everything. It looks like one of those um, science experiments with wires and copper wire and stuff like that. 
Or like conduits and stuff. I don't know that shit. I, I never did an experiment. But it looks like something that someone's done before. And of course, um, Miles is his main buddy here. Because Miles actually, I think he makes it all the way to season six. So he's done more, I bet he's been in more episodes of Mr. Belvedere than he was in Punky Brewster. I'm going to check that out right this second because I'm curious. Let's see here. Let me see. He was in 11 episodes. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong then. He was in 24 episodes of Punky Brewster as Alan Anderson and 11 of Mr. Belvedere. All right. Well, I was wrong. All right. Oh, he's trying to make a radio. Okay. And Miles, of course, is Mr. Doubting Thomas over there on the stool. You know, he's the one that's got the head, metal headset with the braces and everything. Is that really necessary? I don't get that. I mean, Paul Pfeiffer in the Wonder Years never had to wear that when he had braces. Maybe it just depends on the person. But I'm like, yeah, Miles, with that wire headset you're wearing, you might want to stay far away, like, on that stool. So he's like, yeah, Wes, that doesn't look like a radio. What are you doing? So I'm going to play this clip. Okay, I got the crystal diode all attached. Are you sure this is going to work? <laughs> doesn't look like a radio to me. Sure, I'm sure. See, the cylinder is wrapped in copper wire, the tuner strip is in place. All we gotta do now is hook up the antenna. <laughs> hey. I'm not getting anything. We may have to put you on the roof. <laughs> So, Wesley's got, like, a little earbud thing in his ear trying to see if he can get any reception. Because he sticks, like, the little clamping thing onto Miles's metal headset thing. And he's like, I'm not picking up a signal. We may have to put you on the roof. And Miles is, like, freaking out. Like, uh, no, 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 no. And Belvedere comes in. And he's like, boys, what are you doing? Oh, I love Mr. Belvedere's joke. He's like, oh, you're giving Miles a jump start here, huh? As he kind of unclamps that from uh, Miles' uh, headset. My, uh, be <laughs> Good grief. Call Wesley every name under the sun until I get to his. Um, he definitely does not have his friend's safety in mind at all. You don't know that when you attach that, you could have electrocuted him? Wesley says it's a crystal set, which, uh, he tells Mr. Belvedere, like, um, I can't get it to work, though. I thought he was making a radio! What the fuck is a crystal set? I mean, they're not using actual crystals, are they? I don't know. See, I don't know this stuff. We didn't do this in my science classes that I had. I think we mainly just worked out of books. Wires to people, even if they have a good place to put them. Where are 
were you all day? You could have helped us. It was my day off. I had business to do. Well, that's all right. You can help us tonight, right? <laughs> I may have more business to do tonight. <laughs> So Wesley's like, oh, well, you could have been around helping us, Mr. Belvedere. Where where were you? And Mr. Belvedere's like, um, it was my day off. I had work to do. I had things to do. And Wesley's like, well, you're going to help me later tonight, right? And Mr. Belvedere, he's being very um discreet. He's not really giving a lot of information here. He's like, well, I may have more work to do tonight. It's like, okay, clearly he is working for that other family on his days or nights off. So, unless he, I mean, I don't know how many days off that he gets during the week to really, uh, unless it's just day off, like, in the afternoon while, uh, nobody really needs him, and then he uses what spare time he has after taking care of the Owens family to take care of the other family. So, in the next scene, we see Wesley in the kitchen. It's clearly breakfast time. I don't know what he's making for Heather, because I thought he was making it for himself, like some eggs or some shit. And he goes and sets it down at the table. At first, I'm like, oh, he's eating by himself. But no, he sits down to a bowl of Cheerios or something. And this is where Heather comes in. It's like, Wes, what did you do to the eggs? I would not be eating anything that kid cooked up, because who knows what he probably put in it. where Mr. Belvedere is, and Wesley's like, well, I don't know, but he said, you know, not to let your eggs get cold. So she starts eating, and Wesley starts writing stuff down, and as he's writing stuff down, he's saying, subject just ingested experimental sub-whatever. And, of course, eventually she gets to the point of thinking, okay, what did you put in my eggs? I will fucking kill you. And he says, subject appears, uh, what do you say, violent and, uh, hysterical. <laughs> hysterical and violent. Well, yeah. After that first bite, I would not have taken it. As soon as he started talking, I'd be like, what, whoa, what are you doing? So, of course, Marsha and George come in and Heather starts freaking out like he po tried to poison me. 
And when George sits down, he's like, hey, buddy, I told you the last time, don't do that to your sister. <laughs> and even Marcia says, all right, you need to find a new experiment. And Wesley hands up the uh, glass of juice, like juice, and she kind of waves her hands like, eh, no, no, no. And they're all kind of wondering, like, where is Mr. Belvedere? He should be here in the kitchen, you know, making us breakfast. And Kevin admits, you know, I was setting up till like 1 a.m. and I did not see him come in. So, where is he? And I love how Wesley's like, well, he's probably got a broad stashed somewhere. And Marshall's like, Wes! Uh, but to Wesley's surprise, he's like, hey, that's what Dad said, as George, like, chokes on his orange juice. Again, <laughs> smiles. Alright, now we move to the living room, and Wesley's got a microscope. I wonder what he's li And Marsha's coming in. She's got her book. She probably wants to come in here to study. Now she's got to deal with her son occupying the coffee table in the living room. What is he looking at under that microscope? Fungus? Sperm cells? I don't know. Wesley, Mrs. Huffnagel just called. She wants to know why she has a jacuzzi full of jello. She does? Well, I was doing an experiment on the density of matter. You know, solid versus liquid. I guess solid one. Well, you're going to march right over there and clean it all up, and that includes the fruit cocktail. <laughs> Every experiment I do, somebody yells at me. I'm just trying to do my best. I know, honey, but you've got to learn to be more responsible. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will. Okay. Now look, this looks like a nice little experiment. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. Sure it is. <laughs> In case you're wondering, you're not pregnant. Marcia comes in actually to start yelling at Wesley because she got a call from uh, Mrs. Huffnagel that her hot tub is filled with jello. What? What are you trying to do, Wes? What? How is that an experiment? If you're making other people suffer, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be guidelines as to what you can and cannot conduct as an experiment. And he's like, everything I do with these experiments, I keep getting yelled at. And Marcia kind of is like, honey, I, you, you gotta be responsible. And you gotta go clean up that jello. And what she said, the fruit cocktail as well? Oh, for heaven's sake. And as Marcia heads up the stairs, Wesley's like, he looks at this little vial of something. And... He's like, oh, in case you're wondering, you're not pregnant. What? Did you take her urine? How did you? Oh, I don't even want to know how he managed that. That's just, she's like, go now. But, uh, Miles comes through the door and he's loaded down with three books that he probably got from the library of different types of, you know, experiments and stuff. Oh my gosh, I wonder if I just might figure this is this, this is just off the top of my head, okay? Um, what if Wesley's experiment could be, like, um, Mr. Belvedere's working for one family and then also working for, you know, his family and something to that degree? That could be something, maybe. One, uh, butler and how he affects two different families. Checked out some real good books for a science project. Oh, yeah? 
I got the Golden Book of Science. Dr. Rizzo's Fun Experiments for Boys and Girls. And Friedman's Advanced Theory and Application of Atomic Energy. That sounds like fun. So, Miles brings over three books, which have just generic lettering titles on them, which I'm sure they're not even real books. In fact, I can guarantee they're not real books. So, the last title is the one that Wesley kind of clings to, like, oh, atomic energy, huh? This sounds interesting. Uh, now we move to later in the evening, and... Kevin and Heather on the couch, and George and Marcia bring in what looks like bread and stuff. Because they're complaining about, you know, the dinner that Belvedere made was absolutely horrid. And Kevin adds, like, yeah, I mean, I don't mind ravioli, but at least take it out of the can and heat it up first. Whoa, whoa, Belvedere, Belvedere, Belvedere. Oh, my goodness, where to begin? They are paying you quite a bit of money. And they, I'm sure if they wanted a can of ravioli, they could have made that shit themselves. That is not a dinner. That is a, in my mind, that's a lunch. And one can, unless it's a giant family can, which even then, that's not going to feed a family of five. I had a, um, but yeah, it's like, they're paying you to make decent, full, cooked meals. You know, I mean, clearly you, you, what they're paying for your services and they're not really getting them. That other family that we'll meet shortly is utter garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage people. And why do they feel that they have claimed a Belvedere is beyond me? Hey guys, I made you a couple of hoagies. Hoagies. I thought he just brought them bread, which would have made no sense. Like, there's gotta be something in it. Oh, I want a hoagie. I'm hungry. And I just had pretzel nuggets right now. Um, so they're all kind of speculating, like, what is going on with Mr. Belvedere? He's not here half the time anymore. And Heather's is, like, so far-fetched. It's like, oh, I bet he's seeing some girl. And I bet she's, like, a stripper or something, and he's ashamed to bring her home. Oh, come on, Heather, give Mr. Belvedere a little bit of credit. Seriously? So just then, Belvedere walks down the stairs with Wesley and Miles in tow, and Wesley's complaining, Come on, Mr. Belvedere, help me with my assignment. It's due tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry, but of course, as you heard in the clip, uh, before that, Kevin's like, oh, hey, look at this headline, something about a donut store thief, donut shop thief, and George is like, let me see that, no, it says this guy's just taking money, so no, it's not him, and of course, Marcia kind of whacks him on the shoulder, like, George...
there's nothing else, I think I'll be off. Oh, sure, big guy. Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. I thought I might take in a movie. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe I'll go with you. Oh, no, 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 George, you wouldn't enjoy it. It's an English film with no <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> I say we follow him. Hey, Wes, what Mr. Belvedere does on his own time is his own business, so let's just leave him alone. Okay, Wes, ma'am. You know, they didn't say you couldn't follow him, and I could follow you. So, Belvedere says, if you guys don't need me, then I'm going to be off. And George is like, oh, really, big guy, where are you going? And Belvedere's like, well, I think I'll take in a movie. And George, of course, like, well, hey, how about, you know, I'll, I want to see a movie. I'll go with you. And Belvedere's like, oh, no, mm, George, you won't like this. This is an old English film, and it does not have subtitles. So, Belvedere heads out, and Wesley's like, hey, we should find out what he's really up to, and Marsha is kind of telling him, hey, we really need to respect his time, whatever he does on his own time is his own business. So, I guess the family files out or something, but my uh, Wesley tells Miles we need to see what's going on. So, they follow him. Don't know how, whether he takes a bus or he drives somewhere, but they follow him, and it's dark out, and they follow him to this house that has a um, bunch of family members, and Miles is like, oh, so does he got a girlfriend or something? And Wesley's like, no, he actually has a whole different, he's got a whole family here. Yeah, Belvedere is serving this family. Oh my gosh, those people have some nerve. He's already employed. I'm sorry, this irritates me to no end. Okay, from what I'm seeing here, it looks like he's just going over to make this family dinner because then we get back from the commercial break and he's already coming in home. Unless it's really, really late. But I think it's it's got to be more than that, though, because in the morning before, he wasn't even there. So he's got to be staying over at their place and fixing them breakfast and everything like that. This family... I mean, in my eyes, this fa this family that he's watching or taking care of or whatever is so piss poor, terrible looking. I mean, the Owens fa they make the Owens family look like the royal family. They are that schlubby. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they are. Belvedere sneaks in, and of course, I'm like, yeah, the family's all gonna be sitting there waiting up for him. Because they, this has been going on too long. They want to know what is going on. Which I would too if I were employing him in my house and he was doing a half-ass job at everything. I mean, canned ravioli, Belvedere, we know you're better than that. <laughs> uh, hello. 
Belvedere, we know what's going on. You're keeping a family on the side, you <laughs> two-time. I'm sorry. I should have told you this before. But I've been moonlighting with a family named Belinsky. Why? Do you need the money? Yeah, I mean, if that's the reason, Dad can always give you a raise. Hey, uh, come. <laughs> Actually, the whole thing happened quite by accident. I was at the mall, and there was this woman with a child actually more frightening than Wesley. Yeah. Anyway, when I told her that I was a housekeeper, she started in about what a mess her family was, and how she would kill for somebody wonderful like me. I really couldn't argue. So how long are you going to be doing this stuff? Oh, don't worry. Just as long as it takes to get them back on their feet. Well, that's what you said to us, and that was three years ago. Yes, well, hopefully they'll take direction better than you. So, of course, Wesley let the family in on what he saw at that house. And... Yeah, because like I said, when Belvedere sneaks in, he turns around and he's surprised to see the Owens family there. And they all kind of like, what's going on? I mean, why are you doing this? Is it the money? And Kevin right away is like, oh, we can give you another raise, right? Yeah. And, and George is like, whoa, whoa, Kevin, no. <laughs> Never mind him. <laughs> and Belvedere says, you know, I apologize. I should have brought this up when it first started happening. But, and this is just mere coincidence that it even happened. Um, I found a family with a more insufferable child than Wesley, who was even scarier than Wesley, and I thought that they needed my help. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. The Owens family really, well, oh, yeah. Well, the fact that they kind of wonder, well, how long are you going to be doing this? And he says, well, just as long as it takes for them to kind of get back to, you know, uh, normal or whatever until they really don't need me anymore. And Wesley is like, well, yeah, but with us, it's been going on three years. And Belvedere's like, well, hopefully they take better direction than you guys do. So, that being said, what is the Owens family going to do? Fire him? No. It's been, they put in three years with him. So this family has no claim. What is it? We go to this house with this family, the Belinskys, and they're just creepy. Especially this son with the glasses who's into, um, oh, he's got a little, uh, placard that says Colonel Earhart. And he's playing with, like, planes and stuff like that. So I'm going to play this clip. This kid's a weirdo. So it looks like, you know how there's two boys and a girl uh, for the Owens family? In this family, there is one boy and two girls. So it's, like, flip-flopped here. <laughs> Hello, Buzz. I made some brownies. Would you like one? rather an interesting little model you seem to be making. Yeah, it's a Messerschmitt. When I'm done with this one, I'll have every plane in the German Air Force. <laughs> yes, I've noticed your rather one-sided interest in World War II. Jawohl. Would you have a brownie? Sure. <laughs> I think I'll take the clue. 
making liver for dinner. I can't stand liver. And I can't stand you, so we're even. <laughs> hey, Mr. P. Hello, Bobby. Back from school? Yeah, you were right. It wasn't so bad. I may go again tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Did I get any phone calls? Just one. Uh, from the football team. Wanting to thank you for a lovely evening. <laughs> Those guys are so sweet. Yeah. You know, Bobby, maybe it's none of my business, but I think a young lady should uh, maintain certain standards regarding the young gentleman she associates with. They're 13 and 1. Uh-oh. Well, Beth, how was your day? Uh, every day is the same. It never changes. I don't know why I even bother. Well, if it's any consolation, the dog ran away. Hi, honey. I thought I heard you come in. I just got up from my nap. Uh, I'm quitting, B. I'm quitting. I can't take the pressure anymore. Oh, Bert, we've been through this a hundred times. You work for the post office. There is no pressure. <laughs> there is for me. I mean, all I can think about are packages getting smashed letters with no zip code. Oh, honey, please, you gotta stop bringing your work home with you. I... Oh, nuts. You better mail these instead of it. Come on, honey, sit down and relax. Your show's on. Oh, yeah. Before, before you get too engrossed in the adventures of Gumby, I'd like to remind you of our little agreement. Oh, we know, Mr. Belvedere. You won't be here forever. Exactly. We don't mind. A year from now, we probably won't even need you. <laughs> Look at Pokey. <laughs> okay, let's get into this weird fucked up family. So, first we have Buzz, who's got to be around the same age as Heather, so he's the middle child. And, of course, he's got, like, German army helmets and a little bookcase. And Belvedere brings out brownies. To Buzz, and he's like, "Oh, I'm really uh interested that you are that you're so interested in World War Two, the one side of World War Two, and um, yeah, that kid's weird. Uh, Belvedere's like, "Well, you know, what? I'm gonna take this glue here. Clearly, this kid's probably been huffing that shit." Um, and of course, Brenda, aka Harriet from Small Wonder, comes in. And he's like, "Oh, Mrs. Poppins, Mary Poppins is still here." And he's like, yes, and we're having liver for dinner. And she's like, I hate liver. And he tells her, well, well, I hate you, so we're even. Um, Bobby comes in. So Bobby is the Kevin equivalent, but instead of being a sore sad sack like Kevin, who is just desperate, Bobby is fucking the entire football team. Because Belvedere says, oh, by the way, you got a phone call from the football team. They want to thank you for a lovely evening. Holy fuck! Whoa! <laughs> um, also, he asked her how school was. He said, great, I may go again tomorrow. So, she doesn't go to school, and she's fucking the entire football team. And then the other kid's interested in the Nazi side of world, German side of World War Two, And the little girl is a fucking weird... Uh, nasty, um, omen child version of Wesley. And then the damn parents are fucking pathetic as hell. The dad works at the damn post office and he's bitching about, I'm gonna quit, I can't stand this. And the mother 
here, raise your fucking twat children while you're taking a fucking nap and he's bitching about the post office. Dude, you should be happy to have a government job. How many people are trying to get into the post office right now and probably can't? Yeah. Oh, go, go back to the Owens family. Mr. Belvedere, get away from this terrible environment. It's gonna suck you down. And Belvedere reminds them of their agreement as the Belinsky parents are watching Gumby like it's the greatest show on earth. You'd think he were watching some primetime sitcom. He's that into Gumby. And he tells them, um, Belvedere reminds them of their agreement. And she's like, oh, yes, Mr. Belvedere, I know you won't be here forever. You know what? In a year from now, we may not even need you. Bitch, what are you doing taking naps in the middle of the afternoon? Why don't you have a damn job? At least Marsha's going to college to become a lawyer. And George is a sports writer. I think this season in season four is a sports anchor. But at least the Owens kids got promise. These kids got shit. They got nothing. They're drips. I hate them. I don't like them. They're weird. Now we get back to the Owens family. Thank the Lord. <sighs> so, Marsha and George, they're going out. I think they're like going out on a date because they're going to a restaurant. And Marsha reminds Heather, hey, we'll be back around 11. Keep an eye on Wes. And Heather's like, why can't he go to the restaurant with you? And George is like, because they might remember him from last time. They're going to have a nice romantic evening. You really think they want it spoiled by their goober annoying son? No. And he's 10. He really should start out growing that goober, weird, goofiness. I'm not going to call him weird because that's the Belinsky family. No. Wesley's a gem compared to them. The whole family here, the Owens family, is a gem compared to the Belinskys. So Heather's pissed. She's like, I wish Mr. Belvedere were here. At least then I could go to the movies with Angela. And... Marcia's like, Heather, listen, we can do without Mr. Belvedere for a few days. How long has it been? It's been more than a few days. It's probably been at least a few weeks, it feels like. I mean, if he's just doing this on his days off, I mean, that's one thing, but I don't know. And, of course, Marcia's like, it wouldn't hurt you to stay home, Heather. Because I don't even think Heather's got her license yet. So, George kind of asks, like, hey, where is... Wes anyway and Heather's like oh well he's been upstairs all day with Miles working on their science project. What are they doing up there? I'd be scared to know. They've been working on it all day. What are they doing? So George is like oh really where are they working on? And Marshall's like well I'm not sure but they did he did promise it was nothing crazy and it actually came right out of the science book. Oh boy. Okay Heather <laughs>
And no guides. So George and Marcia head out. Before he goes, George turns to Heather and says, Oh, and no guy's over. <laughs> Come on, George. So Heather shouts up the stairs like, Hey guys, I'm making popcorn. You want any? There's no response. Heather goes into the kitchen. And then all of a sudden we hear the sound of electricity. Like, I bet the house is going to go dark. I called it. It did. What the fuck? It's going on and off. What are you guys doing? Okay, now I'm seeing sparks coming from that bedroom. What the hell? You guys are going to burn the damn house down. Boys, seriously? Okay, and now Wes and Miles come out in hazmat suits. And they take their little helmets off. Their hair is blown to the back of the room. It's like, they clearly look like they've been electrocuted. And probably Miles worse, because he's got the damn braces and the the wire headset on his head. The house is dark! And that room is, like, shining like a beacon out on the water. Like a lighthouse. Light. How is Heather not saying, Wesley, what are you doing? It's so damn dark in this kitchen, I can't see anything. Because I'd be bitching about it if I were her. Now we move back to the Belinskys, and the family looks like they dressed up a little bit. At least the mom isn't in her fucking bathrobe. And the dad is actually dressed up in a nice, um... Why does this make me think of, like, the first dinner that Belvedere had with the Owens family? Even Buzz has his hair combed back, so he's really done a- Belvedere's done a number on this family. He really, really has. So, I guess things are going better for What's-His-Face at the post office. Belvedere told him, like, hey, people don't expect a lot out of the post office. So he's like, why disappoint them? And he calls Belvedere Lynn by his first name. Brenda's like, oh, I'm all finished with my dinner, Mom. Can I go be excused? And what is with the bangs on this girl? They're weird. They, like, go, like, they're, like, they go down, but then they're inverted inward. Like, I've never seen bangs like that. That's just, yeah. Buzz, of course, wants to be excused so he can work on another plane that he's building. So he's really done it. Like I said, he's done a number on this family. Bobby is not dressed like a slut. And she says, oh, well, I'll help you clear Mr. Belvedere because he's like, hey, can you help me with the dishes? And she's like, yes, I don't have to be to choir practice for an hour. So, yeah, he's really done a number on them. They've tr transformed overnight, what it seems like. So, uh, the wife, I don't care what her name is, and the husband are all like, you guys, you've done such a great job with us, Belvedere. You really, really have. We don't know what we do without you. And Belvedere says, yes, that's great. I'm so happy for you. It is time for me to leave, though. And they're shocked. Like, what do you mean, Like, guys, that was the agreement. He could help you out, but then you gotta do the rest of the work yourselves. He's employed by the Owens family. You can't keep him. Like I've said, this fucking family is pathetic. They, like, break down. The wife breaks down in tears. Like, oh, no, it's so sudden that you're leaving. And the, the husband's, like, having, like, he's, like, in shock. 
His mouth is agape. Like, what? Oh, no. I'm going to lose my job. Oh, our kids are going to be dysfunctional again. It's like... So now we move back to the Owens house as the family's hanging out on the... Well, the kids are anyway. And Wesley's like, hey, this movie's edited for TV. Well, at first, the way he said it, I thought he was... uh, I thought he was, like, glad it was edited, but then I'm, I kind of thought about it for a second. I'm like, no, he's complaining that it's edited. because, And clearly he's seen the movie before, and he's like, hey, that guy's supposed to get a bolt through his head, and they took that out. And, of course, Heather and Kevin are like, Wesley, shut up. Okay, we're trying to watch this, and you're adding terrible commentary. But, no, he's just bitching about it. That, oh my gosh... You want to know what sucks about when I would watch um, edit things that were edited? Instead of, like, removing the swear word, they would put something else in front of it. Um, I was telling Jeremy, a lot of the, like, older films, like um, The Breakfast Club, I'd usually catch that on TV when I was, uh, like, 9 or 10. It was usually, you know, uh, Saturday afternoons, they would play, you know, movies on TV. So, I'd only ever seen the edited version of that movie. And so, of course, when I finally saw the original uncut film, I'm like, oh, wow, there's scenes in this movie I've never seen before. So, it was pretty cool. And sometimes, uh, well, before we cut the satellite... We don't have it anymore, so we don't have cable, but, um, yeah, it's like, there'd be a movie on TV, like, oh, such and such is, oh, that's right, it'll be edited, but I have my copy, I might as well just put that in. I think Jeremy was once watching a movie that was on TV, and I'm like, you know, we have this, you could just put in the, <laughs> the DVD, or the Blu-ray, like, uh. but sometimes, like, recently he was watching, um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I'm like, oh, are you watching a Blu-ray? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, are you watching it on Amazon Prime? He's like, no. So, I, I ask him, like, oh, can I watch something else? Since I was eating lunch. I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is a good movie, but it's like, I don't want to watch it while I'm eating something. So, of course, he hands me the, uh, the fire stick, and it turns out he was watching it on Netflix. Since we have Netflix and Hulu, we have, uh, yeah, Hulu and Amazon Prime. So I know it had to have been one of those things if it wasn't on, on the Blu-ray. So as the kids are watching the movie, Mr. Belvedere comes uh, into the living room from the kitchen. And he tells Heather and Wesley they should be in bed since they have school tomorrow. And, of course, he notices Kevin's home a little early. So he figures, oh, your date must have not went well. So it's kind of weird seeing Belvedere since he hasn't really been there that much all uh, week or so. I mean, I can't... They don't even give a time as to how long this has been going on, I don't think. Oh, no, I'm home for good. 
My service with the Belinsky family is officially over. That's great! Yeah. yeah, we're glad to have you back, Mr. Belvedere. Thank you, Wesley. Come on, Heather, let's go hide the cookies. Too late! <laughs> So the kids all kind of turn in shock as Mr. Belvedere head goes to head upstairs. They're like, oh, wow, you're back. We weren't expecting you back tonight. And Mr. Belvedere tells them my services with the Belinskys are done. And the kids are all so excited. And Wesley's all like, oh, come on, Heather, we better hide the cookies. And, of course, Belvedere's like, oh, too late, as he pulls a cookie out and takes a bite. So, uh, Yeah. Well, he believes his services with the Belinskys are over, but now we see that the family's asleep. They're trying to fucking sleep, and all of a sudden there's a banging on the fucking door. How do they know where he, Belvedere lives? I would not have told them where, he, where I live if I had the golf to work for another family, even temporarily. Were they even paying him? Me too. Guys. Look, 
I'm very touched by these feeble admissions of guilt. But I think it's for the best. What's going on? Oh, no, I thought I turned it off. science project. I think the book was right. I should have... I warned you about these experiments and you deliberately disobeyed. Yeah. This is probably the worst thing I've ever done. Mr. Belvedere, you can't leave now. I'm still a menace to society. Yeah, don't leave us alone with him. He's an animal. Uh, I mean, I'm a little afraid of the kid myself. <laughs> I think everything's okay. I'm sorry, I'm staying with the Owenses. But why? We're still a worse family than they are. Yeah, they don't need you as much as we do. It's not how much they need me. It's how much I need them. Good night. Mr. Belinsky? Mrs. Belinsky? Bobby? Brenda? Buzz? So, of course, as you heard in the clip, George comes down to the excessive banging on the fucking door. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And this person is still banging on the fucking door. And, of course, George makes a reference like, oh, it better not be Wes ordering another pizza. Like, fucking hell. And then the Belinsky family comes in like, oh, where's Belvedere? We want him back. Belvedere, why did you tell them where you live? That's your first mistake. This family is now intruding on the Owens' family. George and Marcia come downstairs, and then we got Heather, and then, you know, Wesley and Kevin all come down, and Mrs. Belinsky's like, oh, we normally don't barge in on people like this, but... And then she says, my name is whatever the fuck. I don't know. Bill and... Whatever, and Buzz, and Bobby, and Brenda, Wait, and, and we got, you know, the Owens family on one side near the door, and then we got the Belinsky family across the room there. And just by comparison, just by looking at them, it's like, yeah, the Belinskys are schlubby as fuck. They are pathetic. Oh, the parents are, are B and Bert. Ugh. Belvedere finally comes down the steps. He's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, when you left, we completely fell, af fell apart as a family. And Belvedere looks at him like, I've been gone for three hours. What the fuck? You guys need more help than I can even think to give you. You need a psychiatrist. So, and... B is all like, it's been a living hell, and Bert's like, oh, you gotta come back with us. I'm like, you guys just don't want to fucking parent your kids, it's the problem. I mean, she'd rather be taking naps in the afternoon, and he, he's a, a poor, pathetic soul of a human being. It's like, they, they clearly, they, they don't know how to parent, they don't want, they clearly don't want to, like, wait on his hand and foot, Mr. Belvedere, at least the Owens family can, uh, operate without him being there for a few days. I mean, my gosh, you might not have the best meals when he's not there, but they still can function as people in society. I mean, 
Wesley's his own issue, but, um... <laughs> and then, of course... Wesley and little Brenda tend to get into it, and the rest of the family starts arguing with each other, and Belvedere says, alright, alright, each party gets to their neutral corners, and... Of course, B's like, oh, well, the Owenses have had you for three years. I'm like, excuse me, he's currently employed by them, so unless he quits, who are you to dictate, oh, come back with us? Like, he's not fully employed by you. I'm sure you're not paying him. I mean, Belvedere kind of looks like the Owens family. He looks to them and says, you know, they're right. I have been with you for three years, and you guys are functioning pretty good, you know, even without me here. And of course, Wesley is kind of making a case about, no, we're, we're still really bad and terrible and you still need to work with us. And Heather says, I took the car out and got a ding on it. And Wesley, oh, Kevin's like, I almost had a beer. And Wesley's like, yeah, me too. Like, they're, they're making shit up, of course. Well, I don't know if Heather is, but Belvedere just looks at them like, I appreciate your omissions of guilt, but seriously, I just... But Belvedere just takes a look at the Belinskys, and then he looks at the Owens family, and he says, even though the Owenses may not need me as much, I need them. It's like, they're his family. They're not just his employer. They've been together for three years now. So get the fuck out, Belinsky family, and they all file out. <laughs> I hope this should be the last we ever see the or hopefully hear these fucking people. And the fact that Bert is all like, oh I almost gave up as a family and blah blah wanted to throw everything away. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So a lot of the arguing, though, before Belvedere finally breaks it up, is we had him first. And, of course, Brenda's like, no, you didn't. Like, uh, yeah, they did. And then Marsha's like, will you please control your children? As Bobby is all trying to grind up on Kevin, and B finally pulls her away saying, Bobby, get away from him. And she's like, what, Mom? He's cute. Like, no, you need to get away, because you fucked the whole football team, and you probably have STDs. Get the fuck away. Of course, while this is going on, the lights kind of flicker on and off again, and Wesley is like, oh no, my science project. And Marshall's like, Wesley, I told you about those experiments! And then all of a sudden Wesley thinks like, oh yeah, I should have listened to the book when it told me this project should be done in a desert. Wes, are you trying to burn down your house with all of you in it? What did he leave it on too? Because he's, I thought he said, I thought I turned it off. Ay, ay, ay. Teach, give him an A and be done with it. Like, oh, you'll have to come to my house to see my project. I can't actually physically, like... Bring it to school with me. Oh my god, can you imagine that shit going on there? Whoa, he'd be expelled. Of course, 
March is like, you know, I told you about those experiments, you deliberately disobeyed me, and Wesley's like, oh yeah, as a smile creeps across his face, he looks at Belvedere, see, I'm really fucked up, you need to stay here, and even George is like, yeah, I'm, I'll admit, I'm a little scared of the kid, so I'm happy that Belvedere says to the Belinskys, like, this is where I belong, they might not need me as much, but I need them. So, of course, Belvedere shuts the door after the Bitlinskys leave, and he turns around, and the Owens family, they're just grinning at him. And he's like, you can wipe those smiles off your faces, because I just didn't set all that to get rid of them. Like, yeah, yeah, come on, Mr. Belvedere. It's like, you know we're your favorite. You love us. You know you do. I'm going to play this clip. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> You can wipe those silly smirks off your face. I only said that to get rid of them. Sure, big guy. Well, good night. He's really just a big softie, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. Wesley! <laughs> I wasn't gonna build that thing in my room. <laughs> So Marsha's like, oh, he's just a big softy. And then all of a sudden, it dawns on Wesley's face, like, uh, not for long. And then you hear Mr. Belvedere scream, Wesley! And it turns out, <laughs> Wesley built that contraption in Mr. Belvedere's room. Not his room, in Mr. Belvedere's room. Wes, really? You had to go and do it there? So Belvedere really has not been sleeping there then, because otherwise he wouldn't notice that. But all right, let's hear what Mr. Belvedere's got to write in his journal. As the condition of my room illustrates, leaving the Owenses alone, even briefly, can have the most explosive of consequences. Unfortunately, nothing of real value was harmed, including my journals, which I've been keeping in a lead-lined box just in case. Have I really been here this long? <sighs> December the 12th, 1984. I find fate has deposited me with the Owens family, a somewhat provincial household in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Is this the Owens residence? Uh-huh. And I take it you're one of them? Uh-huh. Is there someone here who speaks English? Uh, pardon me, Mr. Uh... That's Belvedere. Lynn Belvedere. Lynn? That's a girl's name. Wesley. Wesley? <laughs> a difficult birth, I take it. Dear, should wait until we're sure it's safe. Nah, I don't care. <laughs> so you want to stay or what? Although the individual members are well-intentioned enough, they do seem a bit out of touch with one another. But with a certain amount of patience and direction, I'm sure I can whip them into shape. Even George. They're damn lucky to have me. <laughs> you know what? 
They still are. So we get to see the damage that Wesley's project has left his room, kind of. Wallpaper is ripped from the walls in some places. Um, looks like some pillows might have been shredded. A curtain over the windows, kind of ajar. So luckily, Belvedere says that he keeps all of his journals that he's... Um, accumulated over the last three years in a lead box so nothing happened to them and he we get a flashback to the pilot episode where he met the owens because he starts reading from his first journal his first journal entry and we get to see them and it's just so cute even three years to see how far this family and mr belvedere have come in that amount of time and it's, it's cute um so yeah, that's the episode. I um for Mr. Bleh, I cannot talk. The Mr. Belvedere teacup rating, guys. I had to think about it for a second. I guess it's been a bit since I did a episode. Um, I'm gonna rate this. I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Uh, the two things I didn't like, of course, the Belinskys. I hated the. Fuck out of that family. Thank God we never have to see them again. Um, I hated that whole thing when he was over there with that family. I really hated when they fucking barged into the Owens house and wanted Belvedere back. They barged in in the middle of the fucking night. Um, the three things I liked. Um, I really liked Wesley's experiment thing. I thought that was really cool. Um, I also liked when Belvedere says that he's staying with the Owens family, and also, at the very end, we get a flashback to the pilot episode and everything, and just how things have, you know, been over the last three years and everything, and just reliving that. It was really cute. So, um, as far as Mr. Belvedere Biscuit Bites, um... Maybe talk it over with your employer if you're going to take on a second job. Just so that way, you know, it doesn't interfere with your current position. Because, yeah. You got to give 100% to each place. Especially if you're going to have a second job. You still got to be given at least 100% to your first job. That's my Mr. Belvedere Biscuit Bites. So, that being said, um, I might leave it up to you guys to decide, uh, the next character that I do an episode for this month. So, alrighty. I'll be back, I believe, Friday with the Wonder Years episode. So, have a great, great Wednesday, everybody. It's rainy here. I think it's going to rain all day, and I don't know what the weekend holds, but... Alrighty, righty. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.